The Battle of New York takes flight again. Danny Dimes is out for the third straight week. Will the Giants' hot week last week against Washington come to a skids as the Jets look to keep the momentum going? Bengals and the 49ers. Usually at this point, we're talking about somebody's calf. But now, it's Brock's head? Or will it be Darnold's arm going on Sunday? Bucks McGee had some harsh words for the Bills and the Chargers last week. Will these two supposed frauds, one of which coming off a win over his beloved Bucks and the other team going up against new young QB heartthrob Tyson Badgett, which one shakes the fraud label off very quickly? Now you've got the Texans and the Panthers, the story of the two young rookies, Stroud and Bryce, which one will live up to their billing in this clash of top two picks? All that and more as Sunday Scares with Bucks McGee previews week eight in the NFL. Sometimes in life, you have a thought and you just go with your gut and your heart and you just think things are going to go well. And then sometimes fraudulent individuals will still take things away from you. Nutmeg, Thursday night was one of those situations. How are you today, sir? I'm very good. I'm very good. Uh, the, the sun shines on another football Sunday. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, a little a little hurtful, but the sun always comes out on Sunday. So that's right. we're good. We're good. We're good. Well, let, well, let's break down that hurt. As you sip on a very tasty and uh, artful-looking can design there. Yes, yes. This is the Legacy Lager from the Coppertail Brewing over in Tampa, where I was um, for this um, Thursday night fiesta. Uh, it has the Bucko Bruce on the can. You know, the creamsicle, creamsicle ordage there. So... Very excited, very good. Love it. Very light. Goes down smooth. Um, went down, goes down a lot smoother than that game did. So uh, I guess we'll we'll get into this, huh? Yeah. Well, let's talk about how uh, lack of smoothness that game went down. <laughs> that's that's good English, right? Um. <laughs> you know what? It works, man. Nowadays, you can throw anything into anything, and it sounds all right. I'm down with it. Um. T T Tampa took took the L up in Buffalo this week, and now mm -hmm. you had some harsh words for Buffalo off of that uh, off of the loss last week, and uh, to the Patriots, a game that they fell into a down into a deep hole, came mm -hmm. all the way back and then choked away at the tail end. Now this mm -hmm. game, this uh, to me, I had absolutely no expectation going in as far as how this was going to go because. Sure. I can't trust at this point. I can't trust Buffalo, but at the same time, Tampa, as we've talked numerous times, when you shut down the running game, Baker's got too much on his shoulders and he can't get anything going. So right. what's the aftermath of this? Did Tampa still kind of Tampa still has this glow of being a good team this year. Is this a quality win for Buffalo? Or do you kind of say, listen, Tampa's got some, Tampa's got some issues. Buffalo, you're supposed to be the better team. We're not giving you credit. We're not giving you the you know credit back to the, the rise to the top. No, I, I believe you just you said it said it 
correctly. Um, Tampa is, you know, like I said, um, we talked in the beginning of the season, you know, at tops, they were a six win team. You know, I've always got to take my fandom out when I, you know, when we're doing this and I knew that this game was going to be tough for them because of the run game and the offensive line, which has basically fallen apart the last two to three weeks. So this was a game that Buffalo should have won. They were favored by nine and a half. You know, they were home. Like, let, let's be realistic. You know, Josh Allen, you know, the supposed, you know, one of the elites in the NFL, yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, they should they should have won this game. It's not a surprise to me that they won this game. But to me, they still didn't look great. They got out, they put up their points, and then it's like they took their foot off the gas or they just couldn't. They just couldn't almost finish the job. You know, the the play calling, I thought, was really questionable. There was that one sequence when they were on the goal line. Instead of running it or having Josh, you know, quarterback sneak, they decide to, you know, throw the ball all over the place. Couldn't get in the end zone, had to settle for three. Uh, this team, to me, is still they're, – they're a good team, but they're not, they're not an elite AFC team. Um, there's nothing that they've shown me in the last – two to three weeks that says otherwise, you know, the first, you know, your first two to three games of the season, you know, it's the new season. There's that shine. I'll be the first to admit it with Tampa, you know, Baker was on fire. Baker was great. Now the problems are setting in and you see what Tampa is. So for me, Buffalo's good, but to me, they're not an elite team. I still think there's a lot of issues. I think the play calling is really questionable. Um, when they play against somebody who's who's top-notch, an elite-type team, they're not good. Um, you lost to New England. Yeah, who's not? You know, I think, no, not good at all. I think Tampa's better than New England. So, you know, yay, they, they won. Hurrah. Hooray for them. But let's see where they are in two or three weeks. Throwing on the goal line, I guess the play calling, play calling got their notes from Pete Carroll. I don't – yeah, exactly. Like, why are you going to throw? Like, literally, you, you're on the one-yard line. Most quarterbacks will quarterback sneak that. Josh is a big guy. You're telling me he can't get in there? They don't have a design play? Brady was doing that for years, and he's definitely not as big as freaking Josh Allen, but he was getting one-yarders and getting touchdowns. So you tell, you're telling me that Josh Allen can't do that? A big guy that has a propensity to run. <laughs> exactly, you know. You know, and if you listen to the broadcast, you know, they were all about, especially Fitzmagic, respect to Fitzmagic. But it was like, you know, Josh has got to put his Superman cape on and blah, blah, blah. And all right. Now I think we're getting to the point where you you, you got to kind of you got to hold off the praise. You got to say, OK, what have you done for me lately? It's like what we're doing with Herbert over at the Chargers. OK, party's over. What have you done? Yeah, you got paid. <laughs> you know, like, here's the deal. Like, the gloss is over now. You've been paid. You're the man. Now, what that means is deep playoff runs, Super Bowl, Super Bowls. Until Buffalo's getting in the Super Bowls at this point, yeah, Josh can be a top 10 quarterback, but they're just going to be a good team. There's nothing spectacular about them. So two, 300 yards, two passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, you just think that's a byproduct of – playing a Tampa game that's starting to be revealed as the Tampa team that they probably were all along. You, sh you should throw for 300 yards. Like, literally, it was three and out and three and out. Like, let's be realistic. After a while, any defense is going to tire out. That Tampa defense is a solid unit, but let's be realistic. If the offense can't put up points and can't sustain drives, that defense is going to fall apart. Any defense will. 
So to me, that's what Josh should have done. He should have done that against New England. So you're telling me New, you know, New England was that much better than Tampa that you guys couldn't do this? So what's the yeah. problem? Is it is it coaching? Is it just you weren't up for the game? Maybe you guys thought that New England was going to be a pushover and New England smacked you into reality? What was it? Let down. Yeah, let down game. You know, so, hey, you know, Buffalo won. Yeah, you know, hope you all broke some tables, but let's see where you are in two to three weeks. Because <laughs> still, Miami's running that division right now still. So – uh, do they still wear the fraud label for you, or did they shake a little bit of it off? No, no. Now, if you now if they had if they had beaten Detroit, okay, all right. If they had beaten a upper tier team, then yeah, I would sit there and say, okay, they they came to play. They kind of started to figure out what they need to do. Okay, fine. Tampa's not there. Tampa's Tampa's a team that's going to be competitive and you know win some games, but we know what Tampa is. It's going to be a long season until they get that offensive line handled and can start to run the ball, point blank. If you can't, if they can't run the ball, Baker Baker's a dead man walking, mm-hmm. and you know you're going to get the narrative of, oh well, you know this is what Baker was, yada yada yada. No, if you watch what Baker's done over this year, he's played well when he's had time. When you don't have time, no quarterback is good. You know, and that man has had scrambles in each of the last couple games over 15, 20 yards keeping drives alive so it's not baker's fault at all it's this offensive line and this run game so no to me buffalo needs to be somebody of of real substance for me to say okay there we go yeah uh moving into the the top three games this week uh as we turn our sights to sunday the first one uh this is a game that going into the season we would have thought this is a potential Super Bowl matchup. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And, and even as the season progressed, this is still a game between two very good clubs. But this week, there's a little bit of a question mark. Uh, we're, we're not totally sure what Brock Purdy's status is. Is he going to play? Is he not? Is it going to be the Darnold show? So mm-hmm. this, now you're almost in a, a position where you look at the Niners and you think of them last year. Uh, Jimmy G, uh, Trey Lance went down very early. Jimmy G came in. He was able to write, steady the ship. He mm-hmm. goes down. Brock Purdy comes in. Obviously, the football world goes nuts over him, and he doesn't lose a game. They get into the playoffs. They get to the NFC Championship, championship game before he gets hurt, and then mm-hmm. Josh Johnson obviously couldn't finish the job. So you almost have a situation with this game, or maybe not almost. Maybe it is exactly the same thing. You have a situation mm-hmm. with this game where – if party doesn't go and you have Darnell, is Darnell just a plug and play type of quarterback where this offense and this system can still succeed? Wow. I think Sam Darnold, I, th- I think he can, he can survive. I think he can almost thrive in this offense. I think, unfortunately, Sam Darnold was bit by the, by the bug that is um, Jets quarterbacks over the last five to seven years. Let's be realistic. You know, they've been, in, they've been, you know, high draft picks in bad situations have just, you know, basically been tossed to the side. Um, I think Darnold, Darnold's a smart quarterback. You know, I think he had moments in New York and even when he was in um, Carolina. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think he just has to be put in a spot where he doesn't have to carry the load. 
And I think a lot of times, especially with those Jets quarterbacks, they were said, here you go. You're the guy. You're going to carry us. And they weren't ready because they never had anybody to sit behind to learn. It was trial by fire. So, no, I think with the veteran leadership, especially with that defense, they're going to go in. Sam's done this. He's, he's not like a young – he's not an old guy, but he's not a young guy either. He knows what needs to be done. So I think they'll give him the plays that he likes. He'll be able to move the offense. Um, that defense, of course, is going to have to play top tier. You know, um, but the Bengals, we're still kind of iffy on what we're going to get. We're hoping that, you know, Joe's 100%. So this, I think this game says a lot for a lot for the Bengals just as much as the Niners. For the Niners, for the injury aspect, but for the Bengals, have they arrived? Are they 100% now? Are they ready to go? Is Joe ready to do this? You know, calf and all, ready? But no, I think Darnold will be okay. He looks, I mean, Joe Burrow looks a lot better than he had been. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, he had, plus he had, they had their bye week recently, so that's another extra week to rest. Yeah, at this point, that calf shouldn't be an issue, you know. If it is, then he sh- then at this point, you need to shut him down. So it get- the feeling I have is that he's ready to go, and this is the this is the team they're going forward with. Uh, they've got the weapons. Uh, it's going to be interesting what the Bengals defense does with Darnold. Um, I don't think De- I don't Debo's out for another at least another week, so it's going to be interesting um, if CMC's you know over the oblique or if he's still kind of nursing that. So he certainly didn't look like he had anything left to get over in that game against Minnesota, despite the loss. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I think this will be a game where, yeah, some of the shine is off of it because Purdy's not there, but I think Darnold can fit in and do what he needs to do. So in, in the event that that is the case, Mm -hmm. uh, do you feel as if, if if that is the case, that this that says this is Cincinnati's game to win, or the defense and McCaffrey is still enough to keep San Francisco ahead. No, I I still think San Fran's defense is solid. Uh, I Cincy's offensive line is is solid, but it still has some leaks in it. I think they really need to have a balanced attack. They need to run the ball and not become just pass happy. I think Joe Mixon really needs to touch the ball and and kind of be at the focal point, but be, you know, 1B to chase his 1A, you know, like be that guy, you know. Give the guy the ball, let him run. He's still a quality back. Like don't treat him like, you know, he's like a 35-year-old and, you know, is only good for, you know, 10 carries a game. Because you really have to offset that defense. That Niners defense is fast. They're quick. You know, Fred Warner, you got Bosa. You've got a lot of guys on that defense that can make plays. So if you just get pass happy, they're going to shut that down. And if you go to the run too late, it's it's over. It's going to be over. So I think the Bengals, the Bengals can win. I'm not saying they can't, but they need to have a balanced attack. They have to keep that Niners defense on its heels. Let's what where would you put the percentages at? Uh like 60, 40, 70, 30, 50, 50, that kind of thing. With Purdy under center versus Darnold under center. Oh, well, you know, Purdy's been the guy, so you mean percentage as in listen win percentage? Chances like they, and chances the Niners would win. Chances Niners would win. Let's see. With Purdy, I'd give you I'd give you sixty percent. Okay. 
Okay, 64. I, I'd give you 60% because I think the Bengals are solid. Bengals are good. I'm not saying they're bad. It's just whether Joe's, you know, calf is good and that offensive line holds up because this is this is a top-tier defense, you yeah. know. This is like one of the elite defenses. So with Sam, we haven't seen Sam, so you kind of have to go. Why 50-50 is the coin flip? No, 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 no. I, I would give I would I don't want to go too low on him because I do believe he's he can handle this offense, but I'd say about 40%, 35, 40. Oh. So if Cincinnati, he, so Cincinnati would be the favorite in the event Darnell's under center. I think they would, yeah. I do think that because you know, it's not one of those things where it's like, okay, well, we don't know what Sam Darnold can do. He there's tape on him. Yeah. He's not he's not an unknown entity. They know yeah. everyone know can look and see, okay, this is what Sam does. It's just, okay, how does he fit in this Niners offense? Is it going to be status quo play call-wise? Or are they changing some things up? That's that's the only thing. You know, I think they're going to basically plan for CMC and then just whatever Darnold puts out there in the past game, though, just, just as it happens. Because yeah. I think if you if you can handle CMC, that's a lot of that offense. Yeah, uh, no, known entity. He's not a Division II quarterback with an arm wrestling champion father. <laughs> exactly. Now, if you got that, then who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, that's some specialty right there. So Only moving on to our next, our next top game. And this one, it's kind of hard to pick out a big storyline in this game. They're both very good teams. But one of them has been a very good team that we expect them to be a good team, but they've just been up and down and somehow have maintained enough skill and, and I guess, deference, for lack of a better word, to maintain a winning record in first-place status. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is the Jaguars. And then the Steelers are a very good team, but they've, they had a lot of question marks. We, we kind of were, at, at best, one foot in, one foot out on them. But yet they still sit at four and two. They're only about a half, they're only, I think, a half game behind Baltimore. So this game could really define a lot of this landscape in the AFC playoff picture. Oh no, there's no doubt about it. But here's the thing with the Steelers, people were putting them on a pedestal in the in the offseason. Like they were like, oh, the Steelers are ready to bounce back from, you know, the 500, you know, streak that they've had, the 500 record streak. And, you know, Pickett's ready to take that next step, you know. And, you know, in, to becoming an elite quarterback, Pickens is there. You got Johnson, you know, Najee Harris is ready to explode. And none of that has happened whatsoever. They've lived on that defense. TJ Watt right now, to me, should be in the conversation for, like, MVP. The guy's incredible. Oh, yeah. Like, that defense has kept them around. Now, the offense has slowly started to come around. That offense still isn't what it should be, so – I give all the credit in the world to the Steelers. You know, four and two. Hey, man, you know, for what you for what you've done so far this year, you're lucky to be four and two. You've grinded out some wins, and that may that may help you that farther down the road. You know, you're battle tested. You're you know you know how to win the tough games. Um, the Jags need this game. This is one of those games where you know they have to win so they can kind of solidify themselves as as a top playoff team. Because if not, then they kind of slide a bit towards the fraudulent. Mm. You know, 
like, you know, they beat, you know, the Bills, you know, over in London and all that. That's great and all. But you got to piece wins together, especially against good teams. And I don't think the Jags have done that just yet. Like, everyone's ready to hand them the elite title. Like, oh, man, top three team in the AFC. Like, this team, they're legit, legit. But I think we're still hesitant because we haven't gotten a complete game from them. They either start out hot and then they just – for two quarters, they disappear, and then they somehow eke it out at the end, or they just they're not there, and then somehow catch fire the second half and, and pull it out. There hasn't been sixty minutes of legit football, consistent quality football. Yeah, and even you'd think that someone like Travis Etienne, not not just because of his skill, but because of his familiarity, Lawrence's familiarity with him, um, mm-hmm. going back to college, uh, their Clemson days he was almost invisible for the first few weeks of season. And he's put together three straight weeks of extremely productive football. Mm-hmm. But even that, like, okay, we're just finally starting to see consistent performance out of ETN. Right. But that's also the fact that they went to, they were going to freaking Ridley early. Calvin Ridley now was Ridley's. the showpiece. There. Yeah. Think <laughs> about it. first couple, first couple games, Calvin Ridley was the showpiece because everybody was like, and me too, man. I was like, all right, this guy is going to be that piece that puts him over the edge. And for the first couple of games, he was. Then all of a sudden, like you said, he disappeared. And Travis shows up, and they've been going to Travis more and more, and he's become the focal point of this offense. But they need to get the other guys involved. They need to get Christian Kirk, get, you know, a little more consistent. They've got to get, you know, everyone involved, you know, Evan Ingram. These guys have to be con- these guys have to be in the offense consistently for them to be successful. You can't just ride Travis for three quarters because if he gets hurt, that offense that offense is a mess. You know, I know they got Tank, you know, Bigsby, and he's you know the cool cult guy now. It seems like in Jacksonville, but they need to make sure that they get this offense well rounded because if Travis goes down, they're going to have a tough time. Yeah, uh, and it's, so what? How much more do you have do you do you need to see out of the Steelers to be convinced? Like, okay, this team actually could be a legitimate wild card contender, if if not division, because we know Baltimore has a lot of uh, vacancies as well. Mm-hmm. I need to see. I need to see a quality a couple quality games out of Pickett. You know, the pass game has got to be solid, and that run game needs to show up. Like, okay, it was great Najee Harris scored last week, but. He's, he's got to put up, you know, 85, 90 yards a game. Like, he's got to be a threat in that offense. Yeah. And literally for six, seven weeks, it was like, okay, whatever, Najee, whatever. Yeah, be, be the bell cow people think you are, not this split time. That's what you were drafted as. You were drafted as the as the, as the cowbell. You were the guy who was going to come in and continue the tradition of, you know, hard-running Steeler backs, and it really hasn't happened this year. So – you gotta, you've gotta show up, and even if they've got to go back to the days where, you know, their offense maybe put up eight. If this is what they're gonna be, you put up 17, 18 points, then you better shore up that defense. If that's what it's gonna be, you know, because don't forget the Steelers. You know, for a while where you know they were a high, a high flying offense, they were putting up twenty five something points, but you know the killer bees and those guys. Uh-huh. You're trying to, you know, or you know, you remember them? It was, you know. Those guys were putting up 30 points, and they had a defense to support them. Here, 
you don't know what you're getting out of the offense. Are you going to get 25 points? Are you going to get 17, 18? And you need TJ Watt to get your four sacks to keep you in the game. He gets hurt. That defense is going to be that defense is going to fall apart. So it's going to be interesting. But yes, I think the Jags need this game. Both teams do, but the Jags really need this game to show that they are a legit force in the AFC. Yeah, they, they both need it for football reasons, but the Jags need it for some extracurricular reason as well. Yes. Uh, our, our last top game, and this looked probably a lot better a few days ago, maybe like Tuesday or Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, that, that area. But what a shock. Deshaun Watson is not going to play. And now the Browns going to Seattle. Both these teams are 4-2. and two. So, again, you think on paper this is going to be a really good game. But this man just will not suit up. <laughs> the man is hurt, man. Don't you, didn't you listen to him today? He's hurt. Like, he would play if he could. Like, he know, you know there's narratives out there. Like he said, there's narratives out there about me. And they're not right. If I could play, I would. No, you would. Come on, man. Like this is this has gotten ridiculous. Um, I'm not Deshaun Watson. I don't know what your shoulder feels like, but what you put out there, people are gonna eat up. It's just how we are. It's human nature. What you, excuse me, what you put out there, people are gonna sit there and make a decision. Don't blame the public, man. You put yourself in this position. It wasn't us. You committed all this little fun at the massage parlor, so now people are gonna say these things. It's just how life is. You have to prove them wrong. That's what you have to do. You haven't done anything for people to say, you know what? Maybe we were wrong or, you know what? The guy's straightened up. He's playing hard. He's doing this. He's doing that. You haven't done that. So no one, no one's going to believe you. Everyone thinks you took the money and that everyone thinks that the Cleveland Browns is the stupidest franchise there is because they guaranteed you all that money. And now you're just sitting there. Oh, I got a hangnail. Oh, man, that's two to three weeks, man. You know how hangnails are in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. And the checks are coming in. Like, what do you expect? Now, it would be different if the reports were coming out saying, yeah, his shoulder was hurt, but he was there in team meetings. He's there at practices. He's staying late working with PJ, you know, working on the playbook. Then at that point, everyone's going to say, you know what? He's hurt, but you know what? He's trying to be part of this team. He's doing what he can. He's being a leader. You don't hear any of that. So mind you, let me point out they should not be four and two because they should have lost last week. Except the NFL decided the Cleveland Browns were worthy of a gift victory. No, I'm still not over it. I'm sorry. No, it's okay, man. You know what? Sometimes you don't get over these games. You you have the right. You have the right. I'm, I'm you, nothing to apologize about, man. Take it in for another week. You're allowed to. But, no, it's the truth. So, like, Deshaun, if you're hurt, that's fine, whatever. But everyone, everyone's just waiting for you to fail. Like, that's what it is. Everyone wants this whole experiment to fail because no one believed you were worth a guaranteed contract. No one. That's why none of the owners, when you did that, the owners were like, all right, Cleveland, and no one wanted to touch you guys. People were like, Cleveland, don't even talk to them. You were like the kid that no one wants to sit at lunch. They left you at the table all the way on the end because you decided to give them 200 plus million of guaranteed money. You know, so like, let's be realistic. This game should be a game where you're like, hmm, if everything falls right, these teams possibly could be a Super Bowl. You never know if in a perfect world things fall right for them. But no, and I'm not taking anything away from PJ. I hope he goes in there and does his business. I hope. 
you know, things turn for him. And they're like, you know what? We're going to ride with him till he can't do it. And then you got to bring back Deshaun. That's what I hope. Yeah. Um, what kind of output would you expect to see from the Seahawks? Are we like Gino had a very good game against the Bengals, but they didn't score a lot of points. They were, they were, they were kind of uh, capped a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously they haven't quite looked like the offensive monster they were last year. Uh, so with this, with, with Watson not playing again, do you think this is where it, it, I mean, Cleveland's defense is still good, despite the fact that the Colts with uncle Rico almost scored 40 points on them. I mean, do, do you think Seattle could have an explosion on this, on this team or, uh, is this going to be kind of a little bit of a struggle fest? Like they went through against the Bengals. Oh, I assume it's going to be a struggle fest because you know how it is in the NFL. One week, some team's putting up 30 points on you. Next week, you're clamping the next team, and they're lucky to get six on you. I think Cleveland's defense is a prideful unit. I think they're good. Uh, So, no, I I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a struggle, but if you're telling me, you know, Cleveland's going to put up 30 or something like, I mean, um, see, I was going to put up 30 on them? No. I think this game might be a mid-20s game. I think it's going to be a close game, you know. But, yeah, um, Cleveland's defense is is legit. You know, you got Miles Garrett, you know, all world, you know, and they're, they're secondary when, you know, Denzel Ward and those guys. They're still solid. Yeah, they gave up, you know, a ton of points to Uncle Rico, which no one saw coming. But, you know, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. But I don't think it happens two weeks in a row against Cleveland. I think it's going to be a tight game. Yeah. Um, so those are our top three games. We're about halfway through the show right now. So let's move on to our extra point segment. That's good. (laughs) That's going to be a new thing now, right? That's it. That is good. (laughs) They could pay me to do that. That'd be cool. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have to be a real referee. Just let me stand in the end zone and call field goal. Let me be real referee. There are they. Are they really real, Chase? You should know. Well, yeah, real? not after last week. <laughs> Are they real, man? I'm sure there's a YouTube course I can watch in 20 minutes. I'm there. <laughs> I just right. gotta make. I just gotta make sure I actually get my guns back up, so you know I can wear the tight shirt and just you know. That's you right. Know, Who was that? Ed Hockley? Was that Ed Hockley? Yeah. Ed Ed Guns, man. <laughs> you don't want to, you can see Ed in a in an alley somewhere. You're not messing with him. You're not messing <laughs> with Ed Hockley. That man will mess you up. Oh, speaking of being messed up, Danny Dimes is messed up. We have the Battle of New York this week. Battle of New York. Good Lord, the waste of an hour. <laughs> 60 minutes of okay, whatever. That's what this is called. We've, we've, spoke, on, we've spoke on the Jets. They're three and three. And uh, we we touched, we touched kind of talked about it a little bit last week. When we where we talked in the preseason, we were talking about the Jets' brutal start to the schedule. Um, and we we're like, well, three and three, they could come out of this three and three. Is that gonna be enough to satisfy uh the, the New York media? And they're like, of course not, they're gonna think the sky is falling. But with Rodgers out three and the way they've played recently, including the loss to Kansas City, which is that the Mill Hunter actually looked like a very reputable starting quarterback, three and three actually doesn't look that bad. And here you are, the Giants. With this big money quarterback that is now going to be on the bench for this third straight week, Tyrod Taylor comes in and gets this absolute mess of a team this year. Uh, actually looking competitive. They almost beat Buffalo. They, they beat Washington last week. I know that doesn't speak to too much, but the, they still look very good in the, you know, following the game along uh, on a play to play basis. 
And what's going to break first? This upstart Giants team that's kind of recaptured a little bit of last year's magic? Or this Jets team that's kind of gotten themselves back to somewhat competitiveness and, you know, maybe keeps the window open of hopefulness that Aaron will return? Wow. You really want me to choose between this? Wow. I know I, the two two teams that I know have hold held very um less than ideal statuses in your in your heart for in past years. Oh, it's not even that, man. The, this this is rough. All right, so Jets at three and three, like you said. Um, if Rodgers was the starter, yeah, we'd be like, this is this is horrible. This is you know New York would be like, you know, tear it down. This is ridiculous. But the Milf Hunter has kept them afloat. Three and three. You got it. You. Got to respect it. Got to respect the hustle there. Um, so I think, you know, Zach's gotten better as the year's gone on. You know, he seems a little more confident throwing the ball. Um, there is a little a little turmoil in the sense that, you know, somebody there is asking for a possible trade. Dalvin Cook has come out this week and kind of said, hey, if I'm not going to get the touches, if you're not, you brought me here for a reason. If you're not going to use me, let me get traded. So, I mean, what did he expect if Brees Hall was healthy? Did he really expect to be the workhorse he was in Minnesota? Here's the problem, though. The Jets, for all we know, said, okay, you're going to get, you know, 10 to 12 carries a game, yada, yada, yada. Because you know how the Jets do. You know, the owner's all too – he's too hands-on. He wants guys. He wants to bring them in, and it never works out, especially quarterbacks, and it's just an absolute joke, you know? I think Davin was. I think Cook was looking for the for the money grab and thought maybe you know Hall wasn't going to be ready and everyone was surprised he was and they said there was going to be a platoon and it wasn't. So now this is where you're at. So come deadline next week, he probably will be gone if they were smart. But I digress. So I think the Jets are the Jets are in okay position for what they have and what they are. They're not going to get any better. They're not getting another quarterback. They're going to ride. Wilson till the end. That's basically what's been said because the only other, you know, target and ever we talked about it earlier this year was Kirk Cousins and he's not going anywhere. No. So it's going to, this is, it's Zach and the Jets as constituted. This is what it's going to be. So it's going to, they're going to try to, you know, expand this offense every week with them. This defense is a top tier defense and these guys are good, especially in that secondary. Those guys are nasty, man. So I think they're comfortable where they're at. Giants, who knows what this mess is? This is ridiculous. Um, Tyrod Taylor, legit backup. Can't take anything from him. He almost beat Buffalo. I'll give him that. His wide receiver weapons are barely adequate, let's be honest. You don't know if Darren Waller's going to be healthy. It's a week-to-week. You know, it's a groin. It's this. It's that. But the guy has played, so I'll give him that. So basically, your only real offensive weapon is Saquon. Yeah. You know, and what are you gonna if you run him into the ground, it's over. Your season's over. So the oh, Giants are gonna have to play near perfect ball to win this game. Or or if he tweaks something and the Giants uh possibly rightly so shouldn't take a chance with Saquon because of his injury history, and they just need to pull him, and then you're yeah. really up, you know, what's creek without a paddle. You know, Matt Breed is gonna be your man for the next couple weeks. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, oh, honestly, <laughs> hey man, he might have a resurgence. You never know. But um, 
No, honestly, I like the Jets in this matchup. I really do. I think the Jets have a better overall build, build as a team. The Giants, I just don't know. And even if Danny Dimes was there, I still would probably take the Jets. I think the Giants, and I've said this, overpaid for Danny Dimes. There was no market for him. The Giants, I mean, Giants outbid themselves, and this is what you got. This is what it is. So, like I said, the Giants are going to have to play near-perfect ball, a couple extra turnovers, and that's what it's going to have to be. Yeah, and, I mean, all credit to Tyrod Taylor uh, for the for the last couple of weeks for, for the spirited uh, moral victory, I guess, the spirit of the loss against Buffalo, uh, the win mm-hmm. over Washington. But the Jets hang their hat on defense. You would think that uh, the assignment of Tyrod Taylor would – be a fairly easier assignment for a Jets defense that's supposed to be one of the best in the league. Exactly, especially if they force him to sit in the pocket. If they, because Tyrod can move out of the pocket, he can he can throw on the run. There's no doubt about it. He's got he's got that scramble ability. But if they force him to sit in the pocket and throw, that secondary is as good as any in the league. And Sauce is back. Um, I think they're up to pretty much 100 percent in the secondary. So one mistake and it's over. So. Yeah. Can can we rewrite the Elton John song? <laughs> you you know what? You might, and who knows? I've, I'm sure Aaron's gonna be there, so Aaron will be there giving him his coaching, giving him his you know words, his kumbaya words. So it'll be fun for New York, but yeah, um, it's probably gonna be an ugly game as well. Back rubs and foot massages on the sideline. There you go, man. Good times. Uh, our next extra point game, uh, the top two quarterbacks drafted this year, square off this week. Uh, the seasons have gone uh, slightly different for the two of them. Slightly. <laughs> One guy's got a bagel and the other guy could be, be a division leader. What are you talking slightly? What you, how, how do you what, – what is your definition of slightly, sir? Please tell me. <laughs> Just trying to be respectful. <laughs> no, be honest with these people. Be honest. I'm sorry, Panthers fans. Y'all are a mess. And we were there at training camp and saw it. Mess. Yeah. So, CJ Stroud, much, much bucking the trend to how Ohio State quarterbacks fare in the NFL, has turned out a 3-3 three and three record. Uh, and you know what? If things don't go the Jaguars' way, uh, and maybe if my Colts can get a win over a uh, messed up New Orleans team this week, uh, the Texans and the Colts will be right back in the, the mix for the division. So they're very much in the mix for a playoff position. Mm-hmm. But the Panthers, not so much. Like you said, they got the bagel. Uh, and the offensive line can't block. They they got, they got had a spirited output against the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. Got out to a big lead. Gave it all up. Lost by 20-plus. So, I mean, are there any positives to take out of this besides like, oh, hey, two top quarterbacks, we care for two minutes and now turn the game off? Hmm. Positives. Can't wait for your draft party next year. It's going to be exciting. Maybe we can get tickets to go to that fiesta. Let's go. No. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, I think people overhyped the Panthers in the preseason because they were in the conversation to possibly win the division. Like – like, I get it, you know, Bryce Young, Alabama, you know, shiny new toy. Like, I get it. But 
no, like you really had to sit there and really look at what this team was, you know, at the start of the season. Miles Sanders left, and you know, Miles Sanders, you see what he is now. You know, you get they get Miles Sanders, excuse me, they get Miles Sanders. He was a product of Philly. He was a product of that offensive line. He can't. He hasn't really done anything. Um, Adam Thielen has been has been a surprise, a pleasant surprise. He's put up some numbers. You know, he's kind of had a bit of a resurgence. After that, no, like you said, the offensive line is horrible. They make Tampa's look top notch. <laughs> no, um, there's talk of you know guys getting traded. You know, Brian Burns being one of them. Um, Shaq Thompson's been in some conversations. These are guys that have been the cornerstone. Even Jeremy Chen has been mentioned. These are guys that are cornerstones and young cornerstones of this defense. So are the Panthers, uh, have they already just foamed it in and said, okay, you know what? We're just going to develop the young guys. Let's get some more trade pieces, draft pieces for next year and go from there. Because right now you're 0-6. There's no way, there's no way you're making the playoffs this year. I, I could foresee a situation where they say, okay, Bryce and J.C. Horn are the only untouchable pieces. Everyone else make an offer for us. Yeah, you know, and I think there are other teams in the league that are like that too, especially coming – I think this trade deadline is going to be interesting. But for the Panthers, I think that's what it's going to be. They're going to start to trade pieces to teams that need that are, that are in need for that playoff push. So it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know – See Burns gone, Shaq Thompson gone, even Jeremy Chin possibly gone because he's been injury prone as of late. So someone will take a flyer on him just because of the potential. Yeah. So at this point, maybe they're just working to build that offensive line because if not, Bryce is Bryce is not going to survive. He's he is not going to last this year. So it's the shine on this game. I think it's gone. I think there was more shine on it in the preseason because yeah. everybody thought what the Panthers were going to be. But let's be realistic. The Texans are a way better team. They're, I think they've been better coached. Their defense is solid. And they put up points. They've, they've got guys who have, you know, come out of nowhere to be, you know, quality starters, a wide receiver. Um, running back is still a little off. You know, Damian Pierce really hasn't exploded like he did last year. I think, you know, that's something I need to work on. But overall, CJ's played great. So, hey, all the power to the Texans. But the Panthers, yep, next year. Shoot for next year. I'll give you the field on this one. Uh, based on what we've seen out of the Texans, based on what we've seen out of the Colts, um, how do you gauge someone else potentially winning that division besides Jacksonville? Wow. Wow. Hmm. If I had to pick one right now, I and I'm probably weird for saying this, I kind of like the Texans. You know, the Texans, I think, have kind of flown under the radar. They play smart. I think D'Amico Ryans was the perfect coach for them right now. I think he's working now. They could go on a three-game losing streak, and, and then I could look like the fool. You know, but right now, I think they've been the more consistent team. Yeah. You know, so if you told me the Texans finished second in that division, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts finished second. It's just, for me, I think it's going to be in those last, you know, three to four weeks, who who who's consistent, who's healthier. It's just, 
I don't know. That division is so weird, man. I don't know. And we're already losing that fight. <laughs> you know, I, I think as long as you guys don't have that referee team on any of your <laughs> games, you're going to be good. Yeah, right. <laughs> get the get the names of those guys and make sure they don't enter the stadium. But <laughs> no, yeah, banned from the city of Minneapolis forever. Oh, there you go. Uh, the next game, the next extra point, we won't spend too much time on it because I mean, I can't imagine this is going to be much competitive at all. But what does it mean to potentially see a 17th straight victory over any opponent, let alone a divisional opponent? And that is what the that is the that that is the kind of golden egg, I guess, uh, at stake for the Chiefs this week as they go to mile high. They're beating a crappy Denver team. Like, no one cares, man. But 16 in a row, that's eight years. It's almost a decade of garbage. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, other quarterbacks have had close to to that kind kind of run against certain teams. A certain individual who shall remain nameless in the AFC East was the bane of, of a certain Buffalo team for years and, and Jets and Miami and stuff. So, ding, ding. But, you know, like, and I get it. No, it's no, it's impressive. I'm not taking anything away from it. But there's no, I, I'm, how am I can get, how can I get hyped up for this game? They're playing the Denver Broncos. Now, watch, Denver's going to beat them. Everyone's like, oh, 16 games. This is the game where all hell breaks loose. Tra- Taylor breaks up with Travis the night before. He's crying. He can't go. Nico Hardman gets a hangnail. He can't play. Sky Moore, like, I don't know. He leaves the team. He's mad or something. And all hell breaks loose. Something to that effect. You never know. Probably won't happen, but I got to juice this game up for whatever it is. Now watch I just pray. First of all, I just I hope Taylor is not at this game. Taylor, if you're watching this, don't don't come, don't come. Like I want to be able to watch the game. I you know like you're all over the place. I don't I don't need to see you. I don't need to see the handshake. I don't need to see none of that. But they're playing Denver, man. Like really, really, do I really care? If they don't beat them, that's the bigger that's the bigger. If this game is close, there's an issue. As you see, Blaine Gabbert by the middle of the third. Like, fact. Come on, man. You can't gas this thing up for what it is. Now, if now if Denver, if they were like, you know, good or like, I, I don't even know. Like, I can't, I can't even. Just, yay, 60s, whatever. I don't care. Let the record show. Bucks McGee is calling a broken home this week, this weekend, and uh, Travis and Taylor show ends. I think a lot of people are hoping because we're just done with it. You know what? There are fans. People don't want to see that. Like Al Michaels said it best. He's not hosting Hollywood Extra. Like he's not doing that. He's calling games. I don't need to see her in the box. If you want to do it at the beginning of the game, that's great. Or at the end, that's awesome. I don't need to see it during a pivotal third down where they get the conversion and they they do their handshake and blah, blah. Like I don't need to see that. I don't. I don't need to see Taylor and Patrick's wife doing their handshake. I don't care. I don't care. I'd rather see Travis's mom. She's cooler. (laughs) Give me more Travis' mom. She's awesome. I like that lady. She's cool. Yeah, well, as long as they're not playing the Jets because then Zach Wilson will be gone for the rest of the night. Yeah, well, exactly, you know. Jets won't win. Gaff, keep that kid focused. (laughs) But, you know, like I said, okay, I'm impressed. 16 wins, but 
If Denver was good, then I'd be like, oh, okay, you know why? Because you're sitting there going, maybe this is where it ends. Maybe Denver can pull it out. Nope, Denver's ass, and we're sitting here going, great, great. Like how many – like I don't even know what the line is on that game. I haven't even checked yet because I'm sure it's fluctuating. I'm sure it's at like 20. That's where That's I would put it at. 20. I think it's like nine. <laughs> think it's okay, eight. so it's going to – Eight. So it's going to go up by tomorrow. By tomorrow, it'll be like 10 and a half. Yeah. I mean, if it was at home, I mean, you figure home teams get three points. So you figure oh, it'd be you know, 12. Really, in reality, it's 11 point spread. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's be realistic here. Like, <laughs> half those guys are being told they're, half these guys think they're getting traded anyways. Yeah. Like, like they're not playing. Like, they don't care. Jerry Judy's been linked to like four teams. They don't care. Oh, everyone's you know. favorite ninja. Yeah, exactly. He's still mad at Steve Smith, so that's all that going on. There's been whispers Patrick Sertan could be going to the Eagles. Like, let's be realistic here. Like, that team is by the end by the end of Tuesday is not gonna probably look anything near to what we see on Sunday. So, like, whatever. Hooray, Patrick. You know what? And they'll somehow pull it out. It won't, it'll be an ugly win, but all we'll hear for hours and hours. Wow. Patrick Mahomes. I'll have to listen to Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I apologize for the rant, but that's just how it is. Yeah, I was going to say, let's bring your blood pressure back down a little bit, but I don't know if it's so much going to bring your blood pressure back down because here we have the other team you slapped the fraud label on last week. The Chargers, Sunday night, under the lights, second second week in a row? No, second out of three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um and they host Chicago, who obviously Chicago has been, a, you know. They're on fire. What are you talking about? They're on fire. <laughs> they won last week. Man. Put some respect on their name. Well, I will because, you know what? Maybe we need to start putting some respect respect on Tyson Badgen, the son of Mr. All-World Arm Wrestler, who I, 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 I kid you not, I think this father gives me LeVar Ball. Uh, energy. Oh, there's no doubt about it, man. I've seen those clips of him, man. I'm like, go ahead, LeVar, do your thing. <laughs> White LeVar. <laughs> it is like this man is like, my kid is great and no one will tell me otherwise. And his wife, and then you hear the wife talk, my husband thinks he's like the greatest thing ever. He's the greatest arm wrestling champ. And hey, man, do your thing, man. I'm not going to knock you, man. Arm wrestlers out there, man, much respect. But you know what? The kid went out there and won. Hey, you can't knock him, but now the question is: You play the vaunted Chargers, Fraudapalooza, folks. Now I'll tell you this: If the Chargers can't beat his Bears team, that's it. Just end the just end the season, bro. Just it's over. Fire the coach. It needs to end. You know, maybe this kid is good. Maybe they found a diamond in the rough. You know, I can't. I'm not gonna knock him. He got it. He beat beat the Raiders. Hey, you win, you win. Not saying much. It's the Raiders. We know what kind of dumpster fire that situation is. But, hey, you know what? Maybe this kid has something that maybe Justin Fields doesn't. Let's be honest. Maybe, you know, this kid, you know, goes on, plays another week or two. If they go undefeated now, of course, you know, once Justin's back, they'll bring Justin into play. But if Justin loses, you know, after let's say they go 2 or 3-0, and Everyone's going to be like, oh, man, put that pageant kid in. He's the real deal. You're going to hear people in Chicago screaming it. 
Do you do you think this is a uh, you don't lose your job to injury situation, or do you think this is a Tom Brady situation where if the team's performing well, you know, even if they lose, they could lose a game but still play well. Um, is this a situation where you just ride the hot hand? A Brady if, situation, if you will. <laughs> sorry, memories. No, so <laughs> here's the thing. If Pageant had played like four or five games, and let's say they had gone four and one, right? And then Fields is coming back. No, Fields, I my thought process, and maybe I'm just old school because I kind of believe in it. If this kid is, you know, if you guys are really, you know, gelling, it's four and one, you let you ride it out. Because let's be honest, especially in Chicago's situation, they've just they, they've been bad. So if this kid had played five games and went four and one. You see what happens, you know, but if it's going to be only one more game, yeah, Justin's going to, Justin's coming back. Because honestly, let's be real. We don't know what Chicago's plans are with Justin Fields. Like that's kind of what's hanging over this franchise as well. Because let's be realistic. If they end up with the number one pick, what are they going to do? Yeah. You know, let's be realistic here because everyone's talked about it, you know, Caleb Williams coming to Chicago, number one pick. You know, maybe Justin just isn't the fit. Trade him, do whatever. You don't know. But, no, I think if Justin's ready to go the following week, you know, then you you ride the kid. But Justin needs to be 100%. Like, if Justin's telling you he's good and he's throwing ducks in practice, you don't bring him back. Like, you make sure he's 100% because if you're looking to trade this guy at some point because you feel he's not the fit for your franchise, you want to set him up for success so at least he looks good and you can get what you can draft capital-wise. So right now, I think the Bears are just taking wins wherever they can. If this kid becomes a cult hero, then so be it. He may be the next Brock Purdy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pretty soon it's going to be why take a quarterback in the first round? Take one in the seventh. Take one and take one, you know, day four, man. Last day, last day of the draft. Find yourself a guy from Division Three or whatever. That's right. where to go. They it's fit the, new, the system. They fit the system. It's like the running backs. Take yourself a guy on the third day. You don't need to, a quarterback. Forget that. You feet know? The, last point, feet to the fire. It does that hot seat, completely gets set ablaze. And uh, the Chargers are making a change on Monday. Oh, if they lose to the Bears, wow. Under the lights. <laughs> if you lose to the Bears, and I mean like the – now, either way you lose. Like you can't even moral victory it and keep them there. Like if it's like a close game and the Bears eke out a field goal, you can't use that because you're like the Bears shouldn't have been in that position. If the Bears put up 30 on you and you only score like 17, then it's like you're just an absolute mess. So, no, if they lose to the Bears – Come Monday, there's going to be conversations. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that sports radio and freaking L.A. all the way to New York are going to be like, time time for him to go. And it'll be just a matter of time. It'll be the next loss that'll send him. So I right now, in a way, he could be playing for his job. They may need to put on a dominant performance against the Bears. But then the flip side of this is, well, you should beat the Bears. So what did you do? So they need to string on some wins and do it quick because if not, Kellen Moore's sitting in the wings. Yeah. 
Or maybe they don't go Kellen Moore and they look for the new hot guy in college. Maybe Lincoln Riley. You know? Maybe Coach Prime. No, man, he's going to do at least one more year in Colorado and then he'll leave. <laughs> he's got he's got to get one more year, one more year in Colorado. He's got at least got to, he's got to get him into the championship picture. Get him into the playoff and then he'll walk away. Yeah, the the, the script is set up for him to succeed Mike McCarthy. We all know that. Wow, could you imagine that? In what two years? You think? You think two years prime coaching the Cowboys? Could happen. No, this is what. Or it's like this, right? The Cowboys go hot, right? Make it to the NFC Championship game. They keep McCarthy another year. They're thinking, all right, now we're ready for the Super Bowl. And then he bottoms out first round of the playoffs, and then they bring Prime in. They're all fired. I'll bring all my guys in. <laughs> That's it. He rides it on his buffalo, and just there it is. And he brings his kid with him. <laughs> Yo, man, I think his kid's gonna be a legit quarterback. I kind of like him. I, I like, I like him. I think he saw it. His other son plays well at cornerback. Like he could bring them both. The Dallas Dallas Sanders. <laughs> wow, that's something to watch out, man. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. I might actually buy a Dallas jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Just for be, that. That'll be your next Aaron Rodgers preseason bet. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll lose that too, man. I can't be making these bets, man. I got no one's jersey to wear now, man. Damn. Oh, Lord. I got to find somebody quick. By like week 10, I got to make another bet. That's right. Well, no reason <laughs> for all of you to find someone quick. Always keep it right here on Sunday Scares with Bucks McGee for the pregame coverage. 8 a.m. premiering on YouTube and Rumble Eastern Time, and our audio, our audio companion podcast on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify that uh, drops a few hours earlier. In case anyone wants to get their Sunday started, uh, we will be live. We actually have all different games at one o'clock. So we have plenty to break down. We'll be live on YouTube after all the uh, afternoon games conclude. Join us then, Bucks and Gate. Take us all there. Well, folks. Another week of football. The world is right. It's a little chilly here in Florida. Um, hope all your teams win. If they don't, eh, what are you going to do? There's always next week, right? Nutmeg, it's always an honor and a privilege, sir. Let's watch some sports, watch some football, and see what happens. <laughs>